Let's get it. Hop off a 16 passenger. This a G5. No, this not a challenger. Big one. I keep some members with me in the fridge. The coat seats. They some cannibals. Eaters. They like the geek geek. Drink a whole bottle. Wake up and repeat. Damn. She took a look. Mixed it with the chill out. Now she says she said 3D. Why? I go in the jungle and they got a coat. I bet I come out with a me. I bet I do this shit for the fam. Cause this shit bigger than me. Big. Color stones in my infinity link. And in the factory masterpiece. I call on twin. Could that be my brother? We got the same roller. He matching me. Nah, for real. All right, we are back with a brand new episode of Ballers in the Bay Beyond the Sideline. We had the pleasure of having Coach Keith chatting from Spoto High School. In year one at Spoto High School, he went four and six, created great momentum for the Spartans. Now we're going to get into what his coach looked like, what does year two look like for Coach, how is he going to rebuild the Spoto program, and what is on his mind. So without further ado, Coach, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. <laughs> Coach, we'd like to share your uh, social media so that everybody can follow you as well as your team. All right. It's at Spoto Football for football. It's at Chad and Keith for just just me in general. Yes, sir. So my first question, I always ask everybody, what got you into sports, Coach? Well, I, <clears throat> I played for a high school in the South Georgia, Worth County. It was historic, you know, back in those days. Not so much now, but they had just come off a state championship run when I was in the seventh, eighth grade. And then... Our coaches did a good job then. They, they come and find you in the sixth or seventh grade. You know, back in South Georgia, it's, it's a one-school town, so they don't have to recruit you. They have to come to your middle school and your feeder school and stuff like that just to meet you. And they invited me to the weight room um, going into my seventh grade year because they lived with the varsity then. I just fell in love with it because they were so good. And, then, you know, my coaches, to this day, I still talk to him on a regular basis. He's like my mentor, like a father figure to me. And he always told me, but, you know, I was a pretty good athlete. But he always always told me I should be a coach. I never believed him because I saw the work, at, the hours they worked. And I told him, I said, I'll never do that. I'm, I'll never work as long as you do. And now, 23 years later, I'm, I'm doing the same thing he did. <laughs> yes, sir. I understand. Like you said, being from Plant City, a small school, we have that similarities of that. You know, you right. grow up looking at that high school team that becomes sort of an ambition that I want to do this one day and become that. So I definitely relate to that. So that's kind of leading into the next question. What got you into football, Coach? It's just I needed I needed something. I needed something to believe in. I needed something to, you know, I was never a bad kid. I never was in trouble. But I always had a lot of energy. And I always needed to have something to focus on to, to really help me with my grades. Because, you know, I wasn't the best student until football came along. And then, you know, the ac academic side, the accountability side, you know, having to be eligible and stuff of that nature. I think it really helped me become a better student. And, you know, I, I was a pretty bright kid, but I was always embarrassed about being a football player and being smart at the same time. But my coach sort of made it cool to be smart and a, and a football player at the same time. So, you know, just, just the academic piece and just, you know, my, and not to get too personal, my dad left when I was 10, so my mom raised three kids. So we needed to do something to get all that energy out of our system. And she just wanted me to find something that I fell in love with, and, and football was, was just my passion. No, I understand that, Coach, you know, using that – finding that positive energy to keep you out of trouble because like right. I say, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of players or just kids in general at the school that have similar situations and you being able to relate okay. to them helps a lot as well. So next question, I feel like this kind of got, you already spoke on this, but you'll better go further in depth. What got you into coaching? So, Well, I went to the military, I mean, out of high school and I got recruited by some colleagues and stuff of that nature. 
but you know, then I went to the military and then I come home to see my mom on leave one time and my, I ran into my head coach and he's like, what are you doing? And I just told him, I'm like, you know, I'm going to leave for the military. And he's like, how much long do you have? I'm like a year and a half. He said, well, you need to call me when you get done because you need to go get back into school and go back into coaching because, you know, you were always that kid that always asked the questions. Never disrespectful about what are we doing and why we're doing it. I just wanted to know why we were doing what we were doing. What was the reasoning behind this play to that play to that play? It's sort of like scaffolding plays now as an offensive coordinator. Why are we doing this? What's the end result? So I never wanted to. So I went to, when I got out of the military, I went back home and went to the recreation department. And he said, try this for a couple of seasons. Just see if you like coaching. And I really fell in love with the, with the younger kids and teaching kids what I knew or what I thought I knew at that time. And then he got me my first job at a powerhouse in Fitzgerald, Georgia. And he told me, I got you your first job. Now it's on you for the rest of your career. But, you know, it, it's just him always being there, being that father figure, being somebody I can count on. It really stood out to me because, you know, like I said, you know, I have a father for, you know, most of my, my young age. So, like, just depending on him and, and doing something, because he's seen something in me. So I wanted to make sure that I proved him right, as not as just as much as I proved myself right. Yes, sir. I definitely understand that. So this question is a little bit off the resume because I didn't know you coached youth ball. But what is one of the biggest experiences you took away from coaching youth ball? Oh, man. Dealing with parents. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> plain and simple. I mean, it, it goes all the way to the youth ball leagues about parents thinking so highly of their kid or thinking their kid's the best kid or thinking he needs to touch the ball or he needs to be the star of the team. It's just, you know, those people skills, you know, and to this day, after 27 years in, you're still learning new ways to, to talk to parents, new ways to communicate with parents because everybody always has an opinion, a high opinion of their own kid. And sometimes it's hard for them to hear an opinion that their kid isn't that great or can't play this position, but can help us somewhere else. Or he's not the star like he was in Little League. You know, Little League, you know, usually the biggest and the fastest kid is always the one that stands out. So in high school, that pretty balances itself out. So just having that communication piece and learning or that continuous learning curve with the parents. I love that, Coach. Like you said, that continuous learning curve because even as a younger coach, only five years in, that relationship with parents is it's an ongoing factor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So what is your philosophy as a coach? I mean, it, it, that's sort of broad. It's like, first and foremost, if we're just talking about the basics of it, it's just kids first, taking care of the kids, giving the kids something they can hang their hat on, something they can be proud of, teaching them how to work hard together. Because, you know, we got multiple nationalities playing for us at Spoto. I mean, and it's just bringing a core group together for the same common purpose. But the football aspect of that is we're going to play fast. We're going to be aggressive. You know, we're going to get the ball up in the air. We're going to play hard-nosed, fast, attacking defense. And, you know, try, try to arrive at the ball violently and aggressively and just and just make sure we're prepared and ready to go. Yes, sir. I love what you said about bringing kids together because as coaches, we sometimes get caught up in winning and losing that we forget. You have to also teach these kids life skills on how to play a yeah. role because they're not always going to be that key person, whether it be in business or whatever they go on after sports. They also have to be able to humble themselves enough to know that I can learn, I can be a side piece to the main attraction as well. And I think, you know, you, you're always – every team has got their best player or their best couple of players, and then you have a lot of really good football players that don't get that notoriety, but they help the team win. And so that, that's a struggle, especially today with social media and everybody boasting about – I do this, I can do that, I'm this good. I'm more on lines of let's do it as a team. 
yes, we're going to have people that stand out. Yes, we're going to have people that make all the plays, the big plays, the touchdowns and stuff like that. But if we don't have an offensive line blocking for that quarterback and that running back and that receiver, we don't score. And if we don't have a defensive line taking care of those linebackers or helping the secondary cover somebody, we're going to get lit up. So we got to fall on the aspect of the whole, the overall team aspect. And hopefully that's what we're doing as photo. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Perfect question. Well, perfect answer for the next question. Why Spoto, coach? Why not? Hey, I love it. <laughs> I played. I played against. Well, I coached against Spoto when I was at Leonard, and you know we we were at Leonard when I first took the job there. Everybody was laughing, and I told them, "Okay, give me three years. You won't be laughing anymore." And within two years, we we had a core group of kids that met in the weight room and said, "You know what? This guy's a little bit crazy, but." Everything he's telling us is coming to fruition. It's going to happen. So let's buy in completely to the weight room, the practice, the film room. Let's really come together as a team and a unit. And let's go ahead and shock some people in year three. We took an 0-10 team, went 8-2 in year three. And then backed that up with a 7-3 squad in year four. And Leonard was never, ever good prior to that moment. And so we took great confidence and satisfaction in that. And plus, we played Spoto two of those I think we're there six. We're there from 2012 to 17. And so I think we played Spoto twice or three times. We beat them once and they beat us twice. They always had athletes. They were never the biggest team, but they're always really fast. And they back then they run a weak tee. So it, it was hard to, you know, defend all that speed if it was run correctly. But it was always a place that intrigued me. And then, you know, there's been a few times where I've gotten a call if I was interested. It just wasn't the right time and place. This last time, it was, it was the right time in the right place and the right time of my life. That to come back to Tampa to a place me and my wife love and to also know they have talent and they always have talent, but they've always seen to not be able to, to keep the coaches. I, I was the senior class's third coach in four years. And I told them, those, day, those days are over. I said, I'm here. Did they believe it? No, because they've been told that from every coach that's come through those doors. But, you know, like I told them, we just bought a house. You know, we're staying. We're, we're going to fix this thing. And, and having that credibility, you know, we've won other places, but having that credibility at Leonard right down the street, they understand, like, okay, this guy can win in Tampa. When we were playing the Jeffersons, the Hillsboroughs, the Armwoods, uh, the Techs, all those, the East Bays, when they were really good, like, we can really do some things in photo because we got more talent here. So just telling them that, and now they believe it because we were here eight months and won four games. They hadn't won four games since 2014. I'm not bragging about four and six by any means. But it's better. It's double the wins that they used to have. So it's just selling them this, and now they understand they have a chance to be really good at Expo now, and now they believe it. Yes, sir. I love it. Like you say, as an outsider, I've always played against Spoto or seen them, and like you say, you know they have athletes, and you know yeah. that the talent is there. Just like you said, having someone like yourself come in and believing that, hey, we can do this here. You don't need to go anywhere. So I, I love that, coach. <laughs> As someone that's rebuilt, rebuilding a program themselves, like I know how that incremental success leads to buy-in, leads to kids wanting to do better and wanting to be a part of it now. Right. So after you you took over, what did you want to emphasize this past season as your first year as head coach at Spoto? We just got to be more consistent. I mean, I'm, there were we should have went six and four last year, at, you know, and that's being that's being reasonable. You know, we we did a good job of getting our kids prepared. We were outmanned by a couple of teams because we played so many. I think we wound up playing 18 sophomores and nine freshmen throughout the season last year. So when you're playing, like East Bay had like 30-plus seniors, they just out-physicaled us, out-bullied us. So we had to get back in the weight room, 
had to, you know, hey, make it important, like we always do at every program I've been in, but they understood it. Hey, if you want to play against these kind of physical teams, you have to get physical yourself, and you got to stand up to the people that you're playing against. So we had to emphasize the weight room, emphasize learning the playbook inside and out, understanding the commitment level it takes to come to summer workouts, to the weight room, to have strong ac- academics, and just coming together as a team. That's We really had to fall in love with each other. They laughed at me, I think, when I told them you got to love each other because, you know, they're so cool and so hard. They don't want to say that at work. They think they're soft. But I said, you know, we're going to love you guys to death. You gotta, guys got to love each other. And you also got to love the grind that it takes to be really good. Yes, sir. So you spoke on your previous coaching experience at Leonard, which is down the road. And right. you having success and sending kids off to college there. What were some lessons or knowledge you took from that experience and brought over to Spoto, if any? Well, Leonard was probably the hardest job I've ever had. I mean, it was just, they were so far down when we got there. And everybody was against us. I'm not talking about the people in the building. I'm talking about people in Tampa, the community, everybody that knew about Leonard. It was just so negative about, there's no way you're going to win at Leonard. I'm like, you know, just just watch us work. You know, I'm not the the greatest head coach in the world. I know what I know. I know how what's been successful for me, and I know that the guys that coach me and the coaches that I worked up under all these years, I learned all their valuable traits. And I think with good communication skills, I think we work hard. I think we do it the right way. We take care of kids. And then, if you're good, the like you said earlier, the college they're going to find you, but. I handle all the recruiting because I don't want to put all that stuff on one of my assistant coaches. So I call everybody. I text everybody. You've seen my social media. I'm nonstop with it. And it's all for the kids. It's not for me. It's not to say, oh, I got a hundred some kids in college or, oh, I got this kid here, this kid there, or bragging about that to try to recruit a kid. I'm just making sure my kids know that I care about them and know we're going to work hard for them and try to get them as many looks as possible. Yes, sir. You, you brought right on our next question. You're very vocal on social media and promoting your players and speaking your opinion. Is that a part of your personality, or do you see that as a must with the way sports are now in 2023? I think it's both. I think, I think as a head coach, you got to be able to communicate. you got to be vocal, and you got to be – I mean, I hate to say it. you got to be the front of the program. I don't want to be the face of the program because it's not my program. It's the kids' program. But somebody's got to stand out there and step up for everything that we're, we're fighting for and believing in. And I think when they see the work that we do for them – and about them, and it's always about them. I think they appreciate that. I think that brings us closer. I think the trust factor, I mean, it, it really increases but because they see how much we're really working for them. And then all my other coaches retweeted. They put their own spin to it, and they see everybody involved in it. I just think it brings the, the family aspect to it. And we, I think you have, to, you have to have a social media presence. Some people say I talk too much, but if you don't like it, you know you can you can delete it or mute it or unfollow. That's that's it's pretty simple. You know I'm not I'm just brash. I'm to the point. I don't have time to you know try to appease somebody else. I know I'm doing it for the right reason. I know I'm doing it for my kids and my school, and that's why I do it. Yes, sir. I definitely respect that because I'm pretty sure that helps you with the buy-in from your players. How can I not want to play hard for this guy when he's out here putting his face out here, putting his name out here, saying we're gonna do this and helping promote me. You know, kids look at that, and they, like you said, they probably never had someone speak of them like that. So that definitely can help when you buy in from your team. Exactly. Yes, sir. So we show up. It's Monday. Coach, getting ready to practice. What does a coach Keith chatting football practice look like? What are we gonna see out there? Well, Monday is our install day on film day for the for the next week. You know, we we break down the, the coaches break down the film of course on Saturday and Sunday, mostly Saturday. 
then we put the game plan in and have it ready to go. But Monday, you know, in, ten, in Hillsborough, it's that early release stuff. No, oh, yeah. So we get out, we get out an hour early. So we have a team meeting like we always do every Monday, and then we start going over the installs and go over special teams, and then we go, we split up offense and defense. Then we go watch the team separately, and then Monday after film, we we do a walkthrough. We do uh, we put the game plan in and walk through it on both sides and special teams and just make sure everybody understands what's going on. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are what I call our work days. That's our full gear days. And, you know, I mean, everything, it's like we run it like a college as much as we possibly can. I mean, I've had a lot of coaches come through. They said, you know, the structure looks like a D2 or NIA school. You know, everything's segmented. Everything's on the paper. Everything's planned out. And we go to individual. We go to team stretch, special teams, individual. Then we get together and do specific stuff. And then we break up offense and defense. We go through our screen period on offense. We go through our flow period, which is um, routes on air and stuff of that nature. Defense is doing the same thing. They're doing a static period and stuff like that to make sure they're walking through and making sure they're talking through alignment and assignment, coverage and stuff like that. Then we get into some more stuff. Then we do some team aspects. And then the last 10 to 15 minutes of practice, we really try to throw out the scout books, throw out the scout cards, and just go one defense against one offense. And let's put something on it. Let's put some sprints on it. Let's put somebody's going to win the title belt. We always have a, um, a wrestling belt out there for whoever has the best day. And you know, let's put something on it for offense and defense. And, and let, let's just get after it for that last 10 or 15 minutes of practice. I love that, Coach. I love that title belt because I know me personally as a coach, every day in practice I always tell my girls it has to look a certain way as far as it's non-negotiable. We have to look physical. We have to compete. Right. Those are things that they carry on every day. So I love, like you say, you throw that little title belt out. I know that gets the juices flowing. It does. Cause we don't, we're not, we don't bring it out every single day because I don't want to get monotonous. And, you know, but, you know, we bring it out. And when we do bring it out, their eyes get bigger. They start smiling, start talking to each other. And then they really get after it. Whatever, whatever that competition period is, they really try to get that belt. Now, I understand. I know when I was in school, my coach, we, did, we would have the snicker bar one-on-ones. And right, I like that. I like a, that. A small Snicker bar, but it would make us go crazy because it's the reward. Like, hey, I want this Snickers. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. So, going into year two, what are you looking forward to accomplishing the most this upcoming season? Double. We doubled the wins last year. We want to double the wins this year. We we want to be, we want to be something everybody in Tampa says we can't be, and that's not that's not trying. We got a we got a saying. It's not about proving anybody else wrong. It, our motto is prove us right. Yes, sir. And that, that's tough for years and years and years. And, and the kids didn't really understand it when I first got here. But I said, whatever we do, we got to prove us right. Cause we're going to talk. We're going to do what we got to do. We're going to work hard. We're going to say what we're going to do. Now we got to go prove us right and say that we were right all along. So, you know, we doubled the wins our first year. We want to double our wins again this year. We want to try our best to win the district title this year and year two. I love it, Coach. I love it. Like I tell my kids all the time, it ain't called being arrogance. It's called being confident. You're doing something. Yeah. You want to go and prove you do it. When we put this out, there's going to be some teams in our district like, man, what is this guy talking about? You know, we're we're firm in what we believe in. We're firm. We, we love our kids. We believe in our kids. We, we believe in our program. We believe how we coach them. We believe in what we do. And, you know, we got lofty goals, and we, we want to win the district this year. Point blank, period. Yes, sir. I love it. If we can't believe in ourselves, how we expect other people to. So, exactly. next question we have is Friday night kickoff is moments away. What do you expect the Spoto Spars to look like over the next two and a half hours of play on the field? They're going to be prepared. They're going to play hard. They're going to play fast. They're going to they're gonna play as physical as we possibly can. They're going to be organized. They're going to play together. 
they're going to they're gonna work through adversity because every game, as you know, as a coach and a player, there's going to be adverse situations no matter how good we are, how bad we are. It's just we got to work through that. We're going to stay together, stay connected, and we're going to do our very best to represent Spoto in a positive manner. Yes, sir. So my last question for you, Coach, any players we should know about this upcoming season? Our whole goal is to try to promote players, so it's up to you right here. You can name a lot if you want. You want to just talk about a couple, that's fine. But I, I can tell from our conversation, Coach, you're doing it the right way. I know you're going to have some dogs that people, like you said, they're going to be like, who are these kids come from? Because I can already hear it. Yeah, because, like, you know, we got a, we got several players that can play. And, you know, the thing you run into when you start naming players, you're not going to name a player that's going to hear this and go, like, man, Coach didn't name my name. But if you see my Twitter, there was probably about 30 names put on Twitter last night. Yes, sir. It's I just saw them. <laughs> and I'm not going to put your name out there if you can't play. That's just the way I am. I'm not going. I'm not that coach that some of these coaches are that just puts names out there to try to get passed on the back. If you can play and you do what we ask you to do, your name's going to be put out there. We're going to try to get you some looks and stuff. But, you know, everybody knows Jesse Harden already. I mean, he's a freshman. He'll be a sophomore next year. He's 6'3", 175, 180. I mean, the kid is just a phenomenal football player. Just started playing, so we don't even know how good he can be yet because we hadn't, we just scratching the surface with him. But I, I'm I'm so proud of him, mature wise. As, as when I first met him, you know, he didn't play last year as a freshman. He played the spring game. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but from knowing him at school and seeing him from first semester to now the spring game and now the summer workout, the the young man has, has just matured so much. Now we still got some work to do. But he has grown up so much over the last couple of months. I, I'm just so proud of him academically, physically, mentally. You know, we, we still, like I said, we got, we got some work to do. But, you know, our best player from last year's team, Ziori Cotton, he was our running back last year. He had 1,000-something yards and 19 touchdowns. I'm looking for him to just shatter that as a, as a junior. The kid is phenomenal in space. He's hard to tackle. You know, he's just one of those Friday night kids when the lights turn on. He's going to be one of the better players on the field no matter what team he's on. The Isaiah Turner. He was, he's a senior. He got hurt last year. and I think it was – he played the Robinson game, had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and then had a, a 50-yard touchdown catch. And then he got hurt and missed the rest of the year. But, you know, he, he, he's really dedicated himself to the weight room. He's got back in the, in the game and the film and stuff like that. He's looking for a big year. Kyle Stewart's a defensive end we have. Just coming on, just bursting on the scene. Had a great spring game against Bloomingdale. He had like nine tackles and a forced fumble in, the, in two quarters. Just a phenomenal young man. You know, Chris Harris, we found him. You know, he played for us last year, but we moved into free safety in the spring. Had a phenomenal game. Leader on the defense now. Dorian Williams, our best defense lineman. Zakai Anthony, our best offensive lineman. I, mean, I can go on and on and on, but, you know, Spoto's got talent. And and like you said, we've talked about this a couple of times. I'm not being cocky. I'm confident in what my kids can do. And I'm confident in what they can do within our scheme. We have a lot of players, a lot of talent in this school that everybody, I'll use a term that the kids use, they slept on. And, you know, and, you know, my staff and myself, we're here to stay and we want to build this thing and make sure Spoto is one of the better teams in Hillsborough County and Tampa area. And we're, we're going to prove that we can play a little football over here. Coach, I have no doubt that you are going to prove that what we're 23 minutes into this interview and we didn't even bring up the guys you developed from Leonard. You're one of the few coaches that actually has an NFL active NFL player in the county right now. So. Right. Like I said, I believe everything that you said is going to come to fruition just from this conversation. I can tell your passion. You're in it the right way and you're doing things the right way. So thank you again, Coach, for allowing me to interview you. Uh, the best of luck for you guys this year. I hope maybe we can sit down somewhere. I mean, later on throughout the season, I can get another interview with you after a certain point. But, you know, I'll be rooting for you guys. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for everything you're doing for all the schools and all the teams in the county. It's, it's, it's much appreciated. Yes, sir.